Guideline Implementation, Positioning the Patient by Byron L. Burlingame Abstract Every surgical procedure requires positioning the patient. However, all surgical positions are associated with the potential for the patient to experience a positioning injury. The locations and types of potential injuries, such as stretching, compression, pressure injury, depend on the position. Factors that may increase the patient's risk for an injury are the length of the procedure and risk factors inherent to the patient, such as weight, age, and frailty. AORN's updated guideline for positioning the patient provides guidance on injury prevention practices for all surgical positions, including supine, trendelenburg, reverse trendelenburg, lateral, lithotomy, prone, and sitting positions, and modifications of these positions. This article focuses on the key points of the guideline covering the use of prophylactic dressings, neurophysiological monitoring, and safely positioning the patient in supine and prone positions. Perioperative RN should review the complete guideline for additional information and for guidance when writing and updating policies and procedures. Every patient undergoing surgery is at risk for injury related to the position required for the surgical procedure. Injuries may be caused by stretching or compression of tissues that can lead to reduced blood flow and ischemia by friction and shear forces or by prolonged pressure that can lead to skin breakdown. Positioning injuries may cause major or minor damage, and the effects may be temporary or permanent. Positioning the patient correctly is important because under the influences of general anesthesia, the patient cannot move and cannot feel pain generated from remaining in one position for a prolonged period of time. Even a patient who is under local anesthesia might not feel pain or might not be able to communicate where the pain sensation is located. Because of these limitations, the perioperative team must take measures to prevent causing position-related injury to the patient. Patient positioning is a team effort involving the anesthesia professional, the RN circulator, the scrubbed personnel, and ancillary personnel who may be needed based on the size, condition, such as inability to assist with movement, or intended position of the patient. Having an adequate number of personnel to position the patient helps maintain the patient's physiologic alignment, supports the patient's extremities, and protect the team members from musculoskeletal injuries that can occur from exerting, lifting, pushing, and pulling forces during positioning. The position selected should provide exposure of the surgical site, maintain the patient's comfort and privacy, provide access to IV lines and monitoring equipment, allow for optimal ventilation, maintain circulation, protect fingers, toes, genitals, muscles, nerves, bony prominences, joints, skin, and vital organs from injury, and stabilize the patient to prevent unintended shifting or movement. The perioperative team should plan and discuss what interventions will be made to prevent positioning injury, such as extra padding and repositioning, during the preoperative briefing. AORN's guideline for positioning the patient was updated in May of 2017. AORN guideline documents provide guidance based on an evaluation of the strength and quality of the available evidence for a specific subject. The guidelines apply to inpatient and ambulatory settings and are adaptable to all areas where operative and other invasive procedures may be performed. Topics addressed in the positioning guideline include conducting a preoperative assessment to identify risk for positioning injuries, identifying, selecting, maintaining, and using positioning equipment and devices, including pressure redistributing support surfaces and prophylactic dressings to prevent pressure injury. Implementing safe practices for positioning patients in the supine, trendelenburg, reverse trendelenburg, 
lithotomy, sitting and semi-sitting lateral in prone positions, and modifications of these positions. Taking specific precautions when positioning patients who are pregnant or obese, and conducting a post-operative assessment to identify whether a positioning injury has occurred. This article elaborates on four key takeaways from the guideline document. However, perioperative RN should review the complete guideline for additional information and for guidance when writing and updating policies and procedures. Key takeaways from AORN's guideline for positioning the patient include the following. Prophylactic dressings may be applied to bony prominences, such as heels and sacrum, or other areas subjected to pressure, friction, and shear. Neurophysiological monitoring may be used intraoperatively to identify potential positioning injuries. The patient should be in the prone position for the shortest time possible and should be positioned in a 5-degree to 10-degree reverse Trendelenburg if possible. In the supine position, the patient's knee should be flexed approximately 5 to 10 degrees and the patient's heel should be elevated off the underlying surface using a heel suspension device. The following scenario highlights these key takeaways and other aspects of the AORN guideline. Each of these key takeaways is then discussed in more detail. Scenario A 60-year-old woman is admitted to the emergency department after a motor vehicle accident. The patient is diagnosed with a compound fracture of the left tibia and fibula and a stable fracture of the third lumbar vertebrae. The emergency department personnel contact an orthopedic surgeon for a consult. After assessing the patient, the surgeon calls a surgery scheduler to request that an open reduction internal fixation of the leg fracture and a laminectomy to repair the spinal fracture be placed on the schedule for the day. The assigned RN circulator completes a patient assessment. The patient is 5 feet tall, weighs 110 pounds, and has very frail skin, but is otherwise in good health. Her vital signs are stable and her temperature is within the normal thermic range. The patient is awake, alert, and oriented with no neurological deficits. There is an IV in her right hand, and the fractured left lower leg is in a stabilizing dressing. After completing the assessment, the RN circulator confers with the members of the perioperative team, including the surgeon, RN first assistant, RNFA, anesthesia professional, and scrub person to determine a plan of action for this procedure. The RN circulator shares the information gathered during the assessment, including the patient's skin condition with the team. The team decides that the spinal fracture will be repaired with the patient in the prone position, followed by the open reduction internal fixation of the leg fracture in the supine position. The surgeons estimate the repair of the vertebrae will take three hours and the repair of the leg fracture will take two hours. The team also determines that a prophylactic dressing will be applied to the potential pressure points, for example, heels, elbows, knees, and sacrum, to help protect the patient's delicate skin. The procedure is scheduled to be performed in OR1, because the bed mat room has a new mattress with a special pressure redistributing support surface. With the assistance of the scrub person, the RN circulator gathers the equipment and supplies needed for the procedure, including the short chest rolls, face positioner, pillows, neurophysiological monitoring equipment, safety strap, prophylactic dressings, and a heel suspension device. The transport personnel bring the patient to the OR. The anesthesia professional anesthetizes the patient on the gurney and inserts an endotracheal tube to maintain a patent airway. The anesthesia professional lubricates the patient's eyes and then tapes them closed. The RN circulator places the prophylactic dressings on the pressure points, including the knees and the elbows. The RN circulator, anesthesia professional, RNFA, surgeon and a nursing assistant, transfer the patient from a gurney to the OR bed and place her in the prone position, 
ensuring that no part of her body is in contact with any of the metal portions of the OR bed. The RN circulator then moves to the head of the bed to assist the anesthesia professional with positioning the patient's head in a neutral position on the face positioner without causing excessive flexion, extension, or rotation of the patient's head. Simultaneously, the surgeon and the RNFA each confirm that the chest rolls on their side of the OR bed are positioned so there is no pressure on the patient's breasts and abdomen. Next, they position the patient's arms on padded arm boards parallel to the OR bed with the patient's palms in the neutral position and confirm that the IV site is not creating a pressure point. The RN circulator elevates the patient's toes off the bed by placing a pillow under the patient's shins and padding under the knees, taking extra care with a fractured leg. The RN circulator then applies the safety strap over the patient's thighs, taking care not to apply pressure, especially to the injured leg. The anesthesia professional manipulates the OR bed into position, including 5 degrees of reverse Trendelenburg. The RN circulator confirms the padding devices are still in alignment, and the anesthesia professional confirms the patient's head is still correctly positioned on the face positioner. The neurophysiologists place the neurophysiological monitoring device on the patient's arms. The nursing assistant moves the gurney outside the OR door to be used to transfer the patient to the supine position for the second portion of the procedure and to be available in case of an emergency. The RN circulator preps the patient, and the surgeon and the RNFA apply the drapes. During the timeout, the team confirms the patient's identity, the planned procedures, the surgical sites, and the availability of needed items, including the required positioning devices for the second portion of the procedure. Every 30 minutes during the procedure, the anesthesia professional assesses the patient's face and eyes and the position of the endotracheal tube and ensures the patient's head is still in a neutral position. The RN circulator monitors the patient to make sure her body remains in alignment. The scrubbed personnel are careful not to lean on the patient and ensure no equipment or devices are resting against the patient because this could increase the risk that the patient will experience nerve or tissue damage. The surgical team completes the spinal portion of the procedure in four hours. After applying the surgical site dressing, the RN circulator applies a prophylactic dressing to the patient's sacrum in anticipation of the patient being in the supine position for a prolonged period. The nursing assistant returns the gurney to the OR. The surgical team members and the nursing assistant roll the patient over onto the gurney and then transfer her back to the OR bed into the supine position. The RN circulator performs a skin assessment and finds no reddened areas or facial edema. The surgeon and the RNFA place the patient's arms on padded boards that are level with a tabletop and abducted to 65 degrees with their palms facing up. They secure the arms to the arm boards using a strap supplied by the manufacturer. After positioning the arms, the neurophysiologist reconnects the neurophysiological monitoring device on the patient's arms for the second procedure. The RN circulator places a soft pillow under the patient's knees and then places a heel suspension device on the patient's non-operative leg. The RN circulator applies a safety strap approximately 2 inches above the knee on the non-operative side and under the operative leg, allowing for manipulation of the operative leg during the procedure. After prepping and draping is completed, the radiology technician brings in the fluoroscopy unit, for example, C-arm, and positions it on the right side of the patient. After 10 minutes, the alarm on the neurophysiological monitoring device sounds. The RN circulator responds and discovers that the radiology technician has abducted the patient's right arm to greater than 90 degrees to make room for the C-arm. The RN circulator repositions the patient's arm at less than 90 degrees abduction and no more alerts occur. The open reduction internal fixation is completed in three and a half hours.
After the RNFA applies the dressing, the RN circulator performs a skin assessment and notes no redness or signs of pressure injury. The RN circulator documents the surgical positions, the application of the prophylactic dressings, all other padding and positioning devices that were used, the skin assessments, and the repositioning of the arm after the neurophysiological monitoring device alert. The surgical team and the nursing assistant transfer the patient to the gurney, and the RN circulator and anesthesia professional transfer her to the post-anesthesia care unit, PACU. After the patient is awake, the PACU nurse asks her if she has any vision problems, and the patient states that she does not. After two hours in the PACU, the PACU nurse transfers the patient to the surgical floor and reports that there was no evidence of any pressure or positioning injuries found during assessment. Key Takeaways Discussion The key takeaways from AORN's guideline for positioning the patient address the use of prophylactic dressings and neurophysiological monitoring and recommendations for positioning the patient in the supine and prone positions. The key takeaways do not cover the entire guideline. Rather, they help the listener focus on important or new information that should be implemented into perioperative practice. Prophylactic dressings. A patient who is positioned in almost any position has a variety of areas of the body that may be subjected to pressure, friction, and shear, such as heels and sacrum, when the patient is positioned in the supine position. These areas are at a high risk for skin damage, and applying a prophylactic dressing to these areas may help to decrease the potential for injury. Research has shown that when prophylactic dressings are applied to pressure areas, the incidence of pressure injuries is decreased, although the evidence is not specific to the perioperative environment. In this scenario, the RN circulator applied the dressings to the patient's heels, sacrum, knees, and elbows. During the post-procedure skin assessment, the RN circulator found no redness present at these pressure points. There are multiple types of prophylactic dressings, including semi-permeable film dressings, hydrocolloid dressings, and foam dressings. The manufacturer's instructions should be used to determine the size of the prophylactic dressing, and the dressing should be replaced if it becomes damaged, displaced, loosened, or moist. Prophylactic dressings should be used as a supplement to, not a replacement for, positioning interventions to prevent pressure injury. Neurophysiological monitoring. Placing a patient in a position in which the peripheral nerves in the upper extremities or the brachial plexus become entrapped, compressed, stretched, or ischemic from pressure, such as arms on arm boards, stretching, such as taping of the shoulders and cervical spine surgeries, dislocation or subluxation of the shoulder, or compression, such as arm tucking or use of blood pressure cuffs, can result in a neural compromise. For example, a neurological injury can be caused by extending the patient's arms on arm boards and then abducting them more than 90 degrees. Use of a neurophysiological monitoring system can alert the perioperative team to neural compromise so they can perform corrective interventions to prevent a potential injury from occurring. Corrective interventions may include releasing shoulder countertraction, repositioning the patient's arms, loosening the sheet used to tuck the patient's arms if the arms are tucked at the sides, reducing shoulder abduction, adding padding to support the shoulders, forearms, and wrists, and preventing flexing of the neck. The risk for a neurological injury is greater in the patient who is thin and when both arms are extended on the arm boards, as was the case in this scenario. In the scenario, the monitoring device alarm caused the team to reposition the patient's arm, and no additional alerts were received, indicating the arms were positioned in a manner which did not result in any neural compromise. Prone position. 
The prone position is required for procedures that require access to dorsal aspects of the body, including the rectum, sacrum, and the spine. The patient placed in the prone position is at risk of many complications, including increased intra-abdominal pressure, increased bleeding, abdominal compartment syndrome, limb compartment syndrome, nerve injuries, pressure injuries, cardiovascular compromise, thrombosis and stroke, hepatic dysfunction, ocular injuries, oropharyngeal swelling, airway maintenance device dislodgement, and air embolism. The injuries may be caused by gravitational effects on the anatomical structures and pressure created at the points of contact between the body and the surfaces under the patient, such as the head positioner and the mattress on the OR bed. To decrease the risk of the patient developing any of these complications, the surgical team should keep the patient in the prone position for the shortest amount of time possible. This is an intervention that is not generally under the control of the surgical team, but the time factor should be discussed before the procedure to assist in determining whether any repositioning or other corrective interventions can be accomplished to help prevent a positioning injury. The patient was positioned in a 5-degree reverse Trendelenburg because elevating the head above the heart helps reduce venous congestion in the eyes and orbits and decreases intraocular and intraorbital pressure. In this scenario, the patient's head was positioned in the midline, or neutral position, to help with reducing the risk for cerebral ischemia and to maintain optimal cerebral flow and perfusion. Positioning the head in this fashion also helps decrease intraocular pressure, thereby increasing perfusion of the optic nerve and reducing the potential for postoperative vision loss. The face positioner was used because it provides protection for the patient's forehead, eyes, and chin. The anesthesia professional assessed the face at regular intervals to check for pressure injury to the eyes, nose, mouth, forehead, and chin. In this scenario, the short chest rolls were used because of the patient's height. The patient was positioned on the chest rolls to permit chest and abdominal expansion and decrease intra-abdominal pressure. Another safety measure was to keep the gurney readily accessible. The gurney may be needed to help place the patient in a supine position in case of an emergency, such as a cardiac arrest. Supine position. The supine position is used for procedures that require access to the anterior body. The patient placed in the supine position is primarily at risk for developing pressure injuries at the points where the body is in contact with a bed, such as the occiput, scapulae, olecranon process, sacrum, coccyx, and calcaneum. The patient in the supine position may develop nerve injuries related to the position of the extremities, such as flexion of the arms on the arm boards greater than 90 degrees. Injury prevention measures for a patient in the supine position include flexing the patient's knees approximately 5 to 10 degrees and elevating the patient's heels off the bed. Placing a soft pillow under the patient's knees helps to prevent hyperextension of the knees, which may occur because of the effects of general anesthesia. This intervention also helps relieve pressure on the patient's lower back and popliteal vein compression, reducing the patient's risk for deep vein thrombosis and provides protection for the common peroneal and tibial nerves. Elevating the patient's heels off the bed helps to increase perfusion and prevent pressure injury. This was accomplished in this scenario with the use of the heel suspension device on the non-operative leg. This device distributes the weight of the patient's leg along the calf without placing pressure on the Achilles tendon. In this scenario, the patient's arms were positioned on padded arm boards at the level of the mattress and at less than 90 degrees with the palms facing upward. Placing the patient's palms up decreases pressure on the ulnar nerve. Using padded arm boards level with the mattress, 
may decrease the risk for upper extremity neuropathy and stretching of the brachial plexus. The risk for brachial plexus injury and occlusion of the subclavian or axillary arteries is also decreased by abducting the arm less than 90 degrees. Conclusion Correct positioning is important for all surgical patients, especially for long procedures and those that involve multiple positions. When surgical team members use safety precautions for positioning, such as correct padding of pressure points, repositioning, keeping the patient in the position for the shortest amount of time required, as described in AORN's Guideline for Positioning the Patient, the potential for pressure or other positioning injuries is decreased. Perioperative personnel should review the entire guideline and use it as a resource when developing or revising policies and procedures to ensure that the facility is using the best evidence-based practices when positioning patients in all positions and any modifications of those positions. The guideline also provides the foundation for educational programs that can be developed to assist meeting the requirements for mastering competency.